Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A huge thank you to Neon, our favourite New Zealand streaming service, for making this episode of Culture Vulture possible. Kia ora, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Culture... Vocal <laughs> hemorrhage. We were just talking about my vocal hemorrhage. I think we've actually brought it up on here before. No, we have. Because Adele's Because of Adele one. and Lucy, I have diagnosed her with a vocal hemorrhage because of this point. This, Precisely. This, yeah, so what happened was, I literally think we talked about it last week, and I just told Liv that I have a vocal hemorrhage this week, and I would name my glee club... Vocal hemorrhage after vocal adrenaline from Glee. Anyway, niche. We drunk this weekend twice. Well, I at least drunk twice. Speak for yourself, yeah. And um, we said this last week on the pod. We have like these small parts of our personality that we yeah, just share live with you not guys over TikTok. and over and over. And that's all there is to us. No, literally. And my vocal hemorrhage is now a character trait or a personality trait. Um, every time I drink, even if I'm not yelling, I lose my voice. Some were called laryngitis. That's what Google <laughs> said. Because that's apparently just when you lose your voice. Yeah, it's more of a symptom, though, than a cause, isn't anyway, it? Anyway, but is it? It's kind of mm. hot, eh? You're kind of sexy. It kind of fits the theme. It but, does, because um, Luce, <laughs> we're just going to go straight into it. What um, what depicts your week this week? Well, I've got a really good one for what depicts my week this week. First of all, you all need to go and do the Culture Vulture survey in the show notes. Yes, And then please. you can hear about what um, As your reward, you can hear yeah. about Lucy's week, and it's a bit raunchy. So. so go and do it. Three, two, one. Make sure you say really nice things about Neon. And the thing that depicts my week is ant pheromones <laughs> because, okay, it ties in in quite a few ways. I've not written anything down. How I'm just does hoping... ant pheromone tie into, like, anything? Like, don't worry, guys, it's very versatile. No, don't worry. Don't worry. You can use this yeah. in your conversation. <laughs> um, so you, you'll remember a few weeks back, because you're an avid listener, that I said that ants described my week because my room was full of ants, Liv's car was full of ants. I am ant girl in the group Liv's chat. ant girl. Queen of the ants. We have quite a few ant problems. And then right now, I'm for some reason just feeling real horny. <laughs> and like I text Liv before we got on, before we even came here and was like, I don't know if it's because I'm, like, about to go on my period or, like, because I've had such a random weekend where I have not recovered, not because of sex, just because of drinking. And, you know, alcohol is an aphrodisiac, yeah. right? Well, I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but... You should look it up on Medical News Today because that's what I've been doing for pheromones. Yeah, so the reason we say ant pheromones is because last night um, one of our flatmates, Tom, was like... Oh my god, I just hate the smell of ants. Like honestly, when you squish them, you can just smell their pheromones. <laughs> and Liv was like to him, I was like, Do, do you, you know what pheromones are? So Liv, can you just give us a wee definition? Well, because like in my head, it's like pheromones, 
that's like, about like sexual, sexual arousal, attraction. right? Yeah. It's like the thing that humans give off to each other to yes. like sexual tension. It's in the room. You can feel it in pheromones. If and we so, were sitting opposite Harry Styles oh, in a room in interview city, because obviously city. he would be attracted From back. So, yeah, 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 that's what I'm thinking. We Absolutely. Yeah. Oh no. I don't anyway, think we'd can, you, can you tell me what it means? <laughs> yeah, well, so when he was saying that about ants, I was just like, I actually think you've got the Are wrong you end of the their sexual, their sexual aura. Like, what do you mean? But then it kind of turns out we were both sort of wrong. But I oh, was I thought, a, no, you were right about pheromones. Well, pheromones in terms of humans are similar to hormones, but they work outside of the body. They induce activity in other individuals, such as sexual arousal. So I was like, yeah. So they're like that works fear for me. hormones. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But then pheromones in general, like not just for humans, are substances which are secreted through the outside of by an individual and received to a second individual of the same species. <laughs> so he was wrong in he every wrong. way. And I feel like you missed that out of the debate last night, the same the same species. species. And then he's like, yeah, but I can smell the pheromones. And it's like, are you an ant? Are you an ant no. Or do you want to fuck the ant? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. So then when Lucy was horny, we was like sort of discussing why are you so horny right now? And it's because of the ant it's pheromones. It's because of the ants. Because all the ants in our rooms, they've been squished. Or like, I have noticed the least of them. So maybe it's because they've all died, let off their pheromones. And maybe I'm the one attracted to Literally, it. Literally. And then I was sort of like, you need to go on Pete Davidson's dildo. True. Or I was actually thinking, I'm probably worth the goop. One, the twenty-five oh. gold one, which again, I like is now a the self value. Trend. Yeah, you've got to put value in yourself. You're yeah. worth the expensive dildo. True. Now, Liv, what <laughs> explains your week? Depicts your week a little bit more PG than yours. Oh. Um, get back because one, you got back. We're getting back got- to real life. Oh, right. Because if anyone doesn't Tamaki know, Tamaki Makoto has got a few Tamaki more Makoto has gotten out of, well, kind of, we're into the red light stage. So we're no longer locked up, locked up. And then also I've been getting my way through Get Back, which is a recommendation or something that I had on my radar for mm. a while, which is the Beatles um, documentary. Are you enjoying it? I'm loving it. Now, oh my is it God. about six hours or something? Is it really long? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really long. It's like eight hours of footage, but wow. they're in three different parts or like Cool. Two and a half hours each or whatever. I do um, actually really want to watch that. I would definitely recommend. I mean, it's very mundane in the sense of like, it's the most candid footage that mm. you can possibly get. Because Peter Jackson wouldn't have wanted to fuck with it that much because it's so real. Oh, he's right. left it so bad boned. It's yeah. amazing. And I think there was like 12 hours of footage all up. Mm-hmm. So he's like cut out four hours. But, you know, there's still fucking a lot to, a lot to watch. Yes. But, it's amazing. You see um, Paul McCartney, like, creating Let It Be. Wow. Like, you see him coming up with it. Like, you see George Harrison leaving the band for a few days. Like, you see all of this shit. Like, you see the inner workings, the inside up. jokes. Like, when he's writing Let It Be, which is obviously one yeah. of the Beatles, you know, biggest hits, ever hits. Bangers. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were talking about how to set up the stage or something for, for their upcoming concert. And, like... Paul, this was before he was writing it, like, they were discussing with Paul. He was like, oh, go to John. He's more artsy than me. John and Yoko. You see John and Yoko together all the time. Like, it's amazing. Yoko's just sitting there while they're writing songs. Um, And then, yeah, so then the guys, there's lots of people around, you know, all the coordinators, all the sort of managers and whatever. They go to John. They're talking about, you know, this show. And then you can literally hear 
um, Paul McCartney writing and singing Let It Be in the background. And is that like, where it's That's him writing it, yeah. And they're not even taking notice and it's hilarious because it's like literally three minutes or something of them just sitting there discussing this boring as shit while one of the best songs in history is being written. Do you think he was writing it because they were all trying to discuss something and like no one was just letting it be? <laughs> yeah, like letting well, maybe, God, just in there like, be, let guys. me just fucking annotate this with song. Yeah, exactly. That's so, that's amazing it's footage to have. Amazing. I'm, yeah, I'm like halfway through the second bit wow. so I'm like three yeah. or so hours through but um absolutely recommend an update from you when you finished it yeah hopefully finish it this week well it's just a huge part of history Mm. and also didn't realize how i mean at this stage in time so this is filmed in i think 1969 so after they're like what were you gonna say i said giggity (laughs) she's horny she is horny can't get her mind off of it um but yeah so it was kind of filmed sort of later on in the band's trajectory. I didn't realise how sort of heavy-handed Paul McCartney is, not not in a bad way, because I know he got quite a bad rap. He's lovely, like mm. lovely to everyone, but like his sole focus is the music. He is so driven. He's writing shit like left, right and centre. Wow. Like he is the driving force. Yeah. And you just see it yeah. outright. Yeah. Now, today we're going to be doing, obviously we're doing half Naughty or Nice, half the main event. The main event this week is going to be about the character development of Billie Eilish, which Liv has looked into. We're going to be talking about how she's grown, why maybe this should be her last year of doing it, or like maybe the peaks and the pits of looking back. Yeah, so yeah, this has sort of been um, all around the Vanity Fair interview Mm. that she has done for the last five years consecutively. So yeah, I think it shows a lot about a lot of things. So we're going to go into that. I'm really excited for that. And I am going to get us into Naughty or Nice because I actually have quite a lot to talk about this week. Now, the first story I want to talk about is the lovely Bones author, Alice Siebold, apologising to the man that was wrongly convicted of her rape. So before I get into this, obviously there is going to be mentions of sexual assault and rape. So if you don't want to listen to this, that's absolutely understandable. And maybe skip forward about five minutes And then there are some lighter stories, still about men cheating, but um, easier to sort of digest. Liv, this is a fucking interesting story. Like, this is a movie in itself. And like, spoiler alert, this is going to be a movie in itself. But this story is wild. This is very much like a fact is more fucked up than fiction, sort of. It actually is. So Alice Seabold, who most of us know as the author of The Lovely Bones, she has another book, her first book, which is a memoir, and it's called Lucky. Now, Lucky is about Alice, who in 1981, when she was 18 and a freshman at Syracuse University, was sexually assaulted. So in the book, she detailed what happened and obviously the trauma that followed, and she wrote about the trial, which was in 1982, where she identified Anthony Broadwater, who at the time was a 20-year-old black man who she said was her attacker. She says that she was convinced that five months after the assault, she had recognised him on the street, and then she wrote about this whole saga in the book. Now, he was convicted as a result of her obviously going to law enforcement and, you know, 
getting her story out there and getting like what at the time was justice for her. And Anthony Broadwater, who's now 61, he spent 16 years in prison before being released in 1998. And then he obviously had to register as a sex offender. So his life was very, it was a half life. And so, spoiler, he wasn't the one who sexually assaulted her. And he maintained his innocence throughout the whole time that he was in jail and throughout his whole life. He and got, really fought to, like, Yeah, get as much as you charge. can yeah. in that day and age when you're a black man. He was. He never said that he was guilty. He never pleaded guilty. He, you know, maintained his innocence. So in Lucky, in the book, Alice Seabold actually writes about the inconsistencies in her case. Like, she noticed the inconsistencies and she wrote about them. Like, there was a lineup of five men in the police station at one point after mm-hmm. she had spotted him on the street. And obviously, they then line up five men to see if you can pick out the um, person that you think did it again to, like, sort of cross-check. She actually picked the wrong person. She picked number four when he was number five. But regardless, they let this sort of slide and were like, we're going to believe you and what you're saying and you saw this man. And at that time, that was enough. And it was, you know, it was the justice system still isn't and was not the justice system for a wide group of people. Um, And so she actually talked about how she was worried that the defence would perceive her as a panicked white girl who saw a black man on the street and was accusing the wrong man. Mm. Like, she already had those worries. She wrote about them, and they were true. She was right to have those worries because it was a bogus case. It's so interesting because um, in Psych and Uni, we did a bit of, like, learning about these sort of tests, the lineups and everything, and just showing how unreliable the human memory is like yeah. there was a point especially with trauma yes with trauma there was even a point in the lecture like they got an actor to come in and like something would happen in the lecture like something weird and then afterwards she was like okay you all have to write down like the color of his shirt the like you know the yeah. way he walked in what yeah. he said and like everyone's shit was totally different even though it happened five minutes mm. before so it's wild to think people having to you know look at these lineups and and try and remember things and then them base someone's whole like life basically off of these decisions that and like obviously most of the time it's like I mean this is one factor of the investigation and other things line up and you can like if you don't remember that's fine there'll be all these other things that point to the person but it's like in this case it just there wasn't enough obviously because he, he was not the man so the way that this all came undone is actually like Again, really, really interesting, really, really tragic, but really interesting. So one of the executive producers on the film version of Lucky, which was about to be made or was being made at the time, said in an interview with the New York Times that he had started to doubt um, Alice Seabold's account after reading the memoir and then reading the script for the movie. So the executive producer, who's called Tim, said that he'd been struck by how little evidence was presented at the trial. He said he had been fired from the production after raising questions about the story. Oh, really? Yeah, so he, he like, looked at it, looked at the script, and was like, obviously he's looking at it in hindsight, which is a beautiful thing, and was Absolutely. like, bro, she was worried about inconsistencies in the case. I'm looking at it now, and there is massive inconsistencies. Yeah, like, if this is all the evidence you've got, like, where's the rest? Exactly. And so um, the film, the feature film that was being made of Lucky, actually lost its financing and isn't going ahead anymore because, obviously, everything was up in the air about the actual story. Like, no one is denying that she was sexually assaulted. Obviously not. But 
there was much more than met the eye about the case. And so then the executive producer hired a private investigator called Dan Myers, who, after finding and interviewing Mr Broadwater, became convinced that, yeah, he had been falsely accused. So then they got some lawyers together, they looked at the case, they agreed that it was bogus for the same reasons that Alice wrote about in Lucky. So in their motion to sort of, like, get him exonerated, they hired another lawyer and then they basically said that the case was totally based on flawed elements. Like, she couldn't identify him properly. And then what they used was, like, a now discredited method of hair analysis. Like, they don't even use it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so there was just all these things that didn't line up, plus him constantly saying that he was innocent. Turns out he did get exonerated. He got wiped of his charges, which just is, like, so sad when you're 60 years old. Because it's just... (laughs) Far too little, far, far, far too late. And honestly, he took it with the most amount of grace I've seen. Like, I guess when you when you maintain your innocence for that long, it would just be a relief. Like, he seemed to have mm. not gotten, like, enraged or, like... Oh, God, I'm tearing just, up. No, I know. Hearing on, about this. Truly. Is... And then one of the another weird sort of turn in this story is that Tim, the executive producer that uncovered this all, is now working on a documentary about the uncovering of this case. Oh, that's going to be so interesting. Instead of called Lucky, it's called Unlucky. And it's like I said to Liv when I was just giving her a rundown of what I was talking about, someone's making money here. Like, you know, regardless of everything, someone's going to make money out of it. Absolutely. Which is just the world we live in. But this, if if done right, and I would say, like, if um, Anthony's brought into the creation of this, then I would say that it would be, like, something i don't know like should we watch it should well, we not it's probably another discussion um i guess it highlights like how often does this happen without people knowing about it in the sense of like alice was obviously an author she had public yes you know she she was in the public eye and so her story would obviously like what other person would have someone reading the script and be like hey this doesn't add up and this doesn't add up like you wonder how many else haven't been cross-referenced in this weird way yes absolutely and how many other people convicted through outdated methods and things like this and and that's a huge thing especially in america like the central park five who are all these really young just black kids in america that got falsely convicted of raping a woman and all the papers were like posting false information they all like went to jail and it wasn't even there it was just because they were easy to pin it mm-hmm. on. And it's like there's these high-profile cases, but, like, this is definitely happening more than exactly, like, people that aren't cross-referencing a script in a book and, like, yeah, for sure, really far into it. And, and so Alice Siebold has apologised for this after it all came out. Yeah, and- I was going to ask you that. Like, did she comment on all of the happenings? Yes. So she wrote um, this a big statement and basically said that she really regretted having unwittingly played a part in a system that sent an innocent man to jail. She said, I am sorry most of all for the fact that the life you could have led was unjustly robbed from you. And I know that no apology can change what happened to you and never will. And it's it's interesting because, I mean, there's there's so many factors. And first of all, like, it's not an apology for us here to accept or deny. I mean, that's the thing with any, like, public, any public wrongdoings, if it wasn't against us or for communities sure, we're part of. For sure, you just do not ha- know how you would 
receive yeah, that. It's just not on us to be like, yeah, she did the right thing or no, she didn't do the right thing. But Mr. Broadwater, Anthony, actually, again, in an interview with the New York Times, said that he was relieved and grateful for this apology. It took a lot of courage, and I guess she's brave and weathering through the storm like I am. To make that statement, it's a strong thing for her to do, understanding that she was a victim and I was a victim too. Mm, that's like, a very empathetic lens. He, I know. I watched a lot of videos of him, and I just thought, like, he's got so much grace about him. I guess, like, if you're kind of locked up for that long, you'd you'd have gone through all the phases, right, of, like, yeah. anger. And but then... I, can't, I, I can't believe that he's still, like, kind in, in mm. his work. I mean, I guess he's, like, choosing how to live his life from now on and it would be purely with kindness. I mean, I guess that's what he's chosen. The, the, the thing is, it's, like, she also will be going through it as well because she was, she was assaulted and through this memoir, it was her way of dealing with that and, like, reclaiming what had happened to her. And then... On the other hand, like, she ruined this man's life and so she's dealing with that as well and, and it outlines, like, so many injustices and so many, like, jumping to conclusions that happen, like, Absolutely. not just in America. Absolutely, and it's, it's not her job to be yes. consistent. Like, her, as we said, your memory's not reliable. This is why we have all of these things in place yes. to make sure that... It's the people running the case It's the, the people running the and, case. Like, yeah. she was a victim. She had trauma. We all know that that fucks with your memory as well. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, and, and, and like she's also dealing with the fact that the person that raped her is now walking free, Absolutely. and so she thought for all these years that she was safe and like you know he they was were paying locked their up. Yeah, but um, so, so he he was also, obviously a stranger. Yeah, yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she will just be I don't know. She will be dealing with things. He'll be dealing with things. And for him to say I recognize that she was a victim too. I just think like. That's wonderful. The publisher of the book, Lucky, said that um, they were going to stop distributing the book. Oh, okay. I was going to, because that would be very interesting to read. Well, I know, but it's... But also you don't want to support And I wonder, yeah, I wonder if it should be rewritten or if it should have a forward... A disclaimer at the start. Or if that's just actually not okay for Anthony to have that still in circulation. Because if people Googled it... You know, you don't actually, actually know what would come up. Sales would be up. going fucking through the roof right now, which mm. is so bad. But then, actually, knowing that it wasn't him, because she used when she was describing the trial and everything, she did she didn't use his real name or anything. Okay. So I don't know. That's really interesting. It'll be interesting to see what her inconsistencies were, like what she actually wrote verbatim about. Um, yes. The case. So yeah, I mean, we call this section naughty or nice. This feels like a bit big of. I guess if we're trying to look at it positively, I'm really happy that he's free and that he's feeling like he can still walk with yeah. kindness. I just, I, I guess it feels a bit reductive Doesn't to either it? put it in naughty That's or nice. That's what I have written here. It's yeah. like, I don't really want to put this in naughty or nice. If I want to look at it in one way, it's yes. for him, but then it's for her as well. It's like... I don't know. It's a very complicated story, but one that's very fascinating. Hugely. And before I looked into it, like, I can't believe that I had... I'd skim read a few articles, but I didn't realise the breadth of the story. Anyway, and now we're going to come at you with something a little bit more sugary. Now, this is from the Daily Mail, so I want everyone... To take this with a heaped tablespoon of salt. Know, know that the story is probably true because of the person in question, but know that the details are <laughs> probably pretty uh, fictitious. Yeah, I or, don't know or, if fictitious, yeah, but maybe, maybe they just shouldn't have been leaked. There's like text messages and shit like It's like maybe they're just like not for us to see, you know, or they're high people. Anyway, here's the headline. 
Tristan Thompson insisted personal trainer lover get an abortion and offered her $75,000 in hush money after she became pregnant with his child while he was still dating Khloe Kardashian. Tristan, Tristan, Tristan. He has just... He's a piece of shit. He's just dug himself the hole and it just keeps getting He keeps cheating on Chloe, like one of the most famous people in the world. I just think... How, like, how does he think he's going to get away with it? I do not know. And it's like... Well, he's I'm probably not cheated here. like 10 times more, you know, yeah. than, than we know. And he has gotten away with some of it. But fucking hell. I feel like he's gotten away with all of it up to this well, point. Mm. And I'm like, we're not here to shit on Chloe for tech because, you know, you do what you do. Your life. You're in love with who you're in love with. Yeah. Not you that can't place. help how you're feeling. Like it's it's, and you've got a child in the mix. Exactly. So it's complicated. But Tristan Thompson, we're here to tell you, you're a piece of shit. So I'm just gonna read this article a little bit. The DailyMail.com exclusively revealed on Friday that um, Tristan is set to become a father for the third time following an alleged fling with Marilyn Nichols, who's 31. According to bombshell documents obtained by the DailyMail.com, oh, the baby yes. was conceived in Houston, Texas during Thompson's 30th birthday celebrations while he was still dating Chloe, who he oh, has goodness. a child with. Mm-hmm. Now, she's since moved to L.A., um, the woman that he had this affair with, and she's basically suing him, like suing him, I think that's pretty, like, clarified, Um for child support as well as, like, reimbursement for medical expenses and pregnancy-related costs. She has also filed to submit text messages between her and Tristan Thompson as evidence for her paternity lawsuit, like, because he told her, go and get a paternity test. Of course he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, showing that he, the text message uh, allegedly showing that he wanted her to get an abortion. That's what Page Six reported. Apparently, um, apparently, I've never been on live TV before. <laughs> no, apparently, the communication between the two show Thompson addressing the party's relationship and insisting that she gets an abortion and threatening her that, that she will get next to nothing with lesser support requirements in Texas. God, he sounds like a piece of shit. In a copy of a shocking text message obtained by Radar, he allegedly offers Nichols $75,000 to keep quiet and warns that he is retiring after the NBA season and would therefore be unemployed so therefore wouldn't be able to pay. Oh no, get out. Like actuals, get out. Just so again out, Tristan Thompson. Again, Tristan Thompson, like get out and if keep we only your take one in. thing from this, it's that he probably has cheated. It's probably his kid. Like oh, you, there's just we don't owe him benefit of doubt really in this scenario. So I mean, like, no, if this is false. He well, has been through the fucking I mean He's put his, himself his own, through his self made ringer. His self made <laughs> he's put himself through the ringer. Now, is that um phrase from the old fashioned washing machine that you'd like it's like those and I mean drying maybe washing machine or drying thing where it's like those two things that you wring it out and you like wheel. Oh, it look, like, you might be right. I had no clue. I might have to put that on the Instagram story. Yeah. Monday and poll. Is this right? Pole. Yes or no. And just lastly on Tristan Thompson, Chloe Kardashian. People are saying, and I might be people, <laughs> but I don't know, that, like, if this is Chris Jenner, who's done the Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian, the, like, Courtney and Travis playing up all their stuff, and now, like, this Tristan Thompson story, if she's, like, leaking this shit. If she's a shit, fucking mastermind behind yeah, all of this. Like, to get it away scandals. from Astro World. Like, people, like, to get it away from Astro World. It's evil. That's what I think. You think it's yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's 
it's evil because you're doing it to well we don't know we yeah don't know. But if it was anything else i get it like say someone else leaked another sex tape and they were trying to get it away from that get that right oh, hell yeah. but it's Reform- like astro world you can't just like get away from that scandal people have lost their lives like, it's like you it's can't not a scandal. cover it's it up with sugar it's a crime yeah i totally understand that she's a fucking fantastic businesswoman but Fuck, she does a lot of damage. Like, she's trying to cover up a lot of damage as well. And via, like, throwing her kids under the yes, bus. Yes, just throwing just it left, right, and centre. But then again, like, oh, I don't know if that's true. I don't know and, either. And I know conspiracy theory, but. Yeah, but if it is true. Anyway, like, this, that's just naughty. It. That whole thing, naughty. Oh, yeah, obviously. nothing nice about that. And then a cheating scandal that's made me very upset this week is Anthony Ramos, who cheated allegedly on Jasmine Cephas Jones, who were supposed to be like the couple of my life and we What together for six years or together something? Together for wild. so long. Mm-hmm. Met on the set of Hamilton, which is just like I did go through a very obsessive phase with Hamilton. And it's like they were so in love, like right up until uh, the way it came out is like on TikTok, a video went viral of allegedly him in a strip club with another woman who wasn't Jasmine Cephas Jones. And then they, him and Jasmine were engaged. They'd just sent out their wedding invites and then they broke up yeah, very quickly. It was after. a classic like member of the public who was serving them or something, saw yeah. him with the girl and hang on a second, recognize that guy. Let me just do a quick Google. It's really ironic because, you know, Jasmine sings that song about cheating in Hamilton. Like, tell me how to say no to this. (laughs) It's like foreshadowing. It's so ironic. Just like, oh, I'm I'm really sad. I'm really disappointed. She's so hot. She deserves the world. It's so gutting when it's like someone so wholesome and such a beautiful couple that just gassed each other up. So stupid. Why would you go in public with the person? You're famous. That's what I don't get. Like, you're quite famous. Tristan Thompson and him should fucking go to an island like, talk this out. Yeah, exactly. Why do we do that? Why do we think that we can get away with this shit? Because you cannot. I know. So when they got engaged, just as a little tidbit, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who who obviously is the mastermind behind Hamilton. He tweeted, First table read, Hamilton, 2015. Anthony keeps sneaking glances at our newest cast member, Jasmine. Me. (laughs) Rut-row. He is notoriously cringe as well. (laughs) As well as as us or as well as... He's the cringe as well as being the mastermind behind Hamilton. (laughs) You mean like he's in this club too. But look, Liv. All masterminds have a little bit of cringe, I reckon, oh, it's if, the best. if we're basing it on us. <laughs> I think so, because we And they have a little are. bit of sweetiness, I would say. Or it's glowing. <laughs> I know. You can see it under your eyes and you glasses. <laughs> How's my black eye looking? Should we give the oh, up? much better. Almost gone. It's been two fucking weeks. I like, know. Honestly, it's, now it's just like you've got a little bit of blush that's quite I concentrated on. Yeah. No, so, so that's obviously naughty. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, very, very, very naughty. Naughty and fucking stupid. Naughty to be quite and honest. stupid, but like, God, me and I. <laughs> anyway, I'm very excited to stop talking about people who are cheating on each other and start talking about the character development of Billie Eilish. But look, guys, not before we hear from our sponsors. 
So, you all heard last week, me and Liv realised on mic and in the ad we recorded for last week that The Office and Parks and Rec are on Neon, and I'm still shook. I'm still shook that we didn't know that before now or before last week. But honestly, Lucy, it's like the world knew that we had so much shit to do leading up to Christmas that they were like, these bitches do not have time to watch these shows. You know, that, that, to be honest, that is really true, and over Christmas I am going to make the time because priorities... You guys know that we love Neon. We say it all the time. They're literally the reason that Culture Vulture exists and they're the reason that you get us, lucky you, in your ears right now. So you must love them by default. And we've just actually released a survey all about Culture Vulture and we would absolutely love for you to go and fill it out. It really, really helps us with this job, with Neon and them supporting us. So please, please help a girl out. Help a girl out. Have some gals out there just trying to pay their rent. Anyway, in case you couldn't tell, Neon, duh, our favourite New Zealand-based streaming service. The best part is 14 days free because we all love free stuff and you should definitely go and sign up for them and, like, watch The Office or Parks and Rec or whatever. Please do. And there's, like, honestly, so many so great shows, so many great movies. We were shocked. And thank you, Neon, for making this job a reality. Couldn't do it without you. Shot, Neon. Thank you. So... Billie Eilish, Vanity Fair interview, fifth year in a row. Obsessed. Honestly obsessed. When I saw the trailer come out, I was very excited. Same. I live for it. I love it. I'm, I'm, I imagine she has, what is it, October 18th? Yes. Like, crossed out crossed every year out on, on her, her fucking diary. diary. Yeah. No one talked to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Except for, yeah, except for Vanity Fair, talk to me all you want. And that they did. Mm. They asked her the same reoccurring questions. So for those of you who haven't seen this interview, like, we would both definitely recommend going Hell and watching yeah. it. Because it just tells us so much about celebrity, so much about growing up, so much about, like, family love. Mm-hmm. Literally all of those things. Um, so... Go have a look just on YouTube. And she's just so sweet. She's just so human. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, basically, as we've said, she gets interviewed every year consecutively, started it in 2017 and now in 2021. I don't know. I feel like this could be the last – I feel like five years would be a good place to – Stop. Yeah, and I actually saw people tweeting that instead of asking her what advice would you give to yourself next year, they mm-hmm. said what advice would you give to your future self or some, there was some oh, discrepancy. Like, it would be amazing if they did it in 10 years' time now yeah. or like, well, five more years. To- and people were saying, oh, well, they haven't said next year, so maybe like, you know, because they changed the question slightly. But to be honest... I haven't fact-checked this, and this is from Twitter, so just don't email <laughs> so me take again this as you want. I've got this yeah. wrong. Not corroborated. Not corroborated. So what I find so interesting about this interview is obviously we get her answers, right, like as she is now, but we also get her reacting to all of her past answers from previous years, and I find that so incredibly, I don't know, it highlights so much about our world and our society and where we were at that point in time and also what it's like for someone growing up in the public eye, right? Um, Literally, it is growth. That is on growth. So much growth. You just get such a layered understanding of her as a person because, like, I feel like I almost know more about her than I do about me in the sense of, like, imagine looking back at you... Every it's very vulnerable year. So to vulnerable. be that self-aware on camera. Yes. Like, imagine that. Mm. I, I don't even know. No, and, and I understand. Okay, now that you've made me imagine that, I mm. understand the gut reaction. To, the gut reaction to be like, oh, no, okay, I was obviously insecure yes. there. That was stupid. Like, cringing out That would be the own. gut reaction, eh? Oh, it absolutely would be. We're so ultra-critical of ourselves. Yes. We're also 
ma- majorly ultra critical of ourselves when we're a teenager. Yeah. Like that's the most like you're you figuring ch- it all out. Yeah, you're figuring it all out. You change a lot as we see with Billy. So basically we meet her in 2017 just after she's released her first EP Don't Smile at Me, which had songs like Ocean Eyes, Belly Ache, um Copycat, Watch all of those. I actually think that might be my favorite. I think it's it's my, definitely my most listened to. I think mm. probably because there's limited songs on there. True. Um, but yeah, Luce and I like we loved Billy sort of from the get go. Yeah. Um, she came to Laneway in Auckland. I think it was that year, 2017. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And, flatting and Billy was like the soundtrack of our. Yeah, flats. she was the soundtrack of our lives yeah. at that point. Um. So yes, we meet her then. She had 257,000 followers on Instagram, and she was 15 years old. Oh, so. And the, and the most famous person that followed her at that moment in time was Chloe Moretz. So mm-hmm. you can see she was up and coming. She also follows us on Instagram. Oh, hey, a little, oh, little tidbit in there. Yeah, so you can kind of see she was obviously famous, like yes. quite famous. And at that point in time, we have to think about Instagram as it has exponentially increased, right? So 257,000 isn't the same as what it would be now. Like that was pretty massive at yeah. the time. Yeah. But she wasn't this... She wasn't a super mainstream. She wasn't a super mainstream. She was still laneway-ing. She was. She was still the 3 p.m. slot at New Zealand laneway. Yeah. So if that tells you a little bit, then I she think was we a can fucking nobody. Understand. She was a nobody. <laughs> she was so lucky that we came and watched it, honestly. <laughs> so lucky. And now we're best friends with Phineas. So. <laughs> so, and he actually wrote a song about us. So <laughs> the kids are all dying. True. <laughs> like half joking, but like three quarters serious. <laughs> Love Phineas, that guy. would you like to um, comment? They should have a holiday house here. I, well, I know. Yeah. I don't, I doubt, I don't reckon they will. Because he's messaged us about getting a visa before. Oh, well, surely. So, look, Jacinda. Famous people need visas? (laughs) Aren't they exempt from literally everything? Maybe we should give them our house. Literally. No, we've actually <laughs> talked about before getting them around for a barbecue. <laughs> or do like the holiday, you know, that English movie. Oh my God, house. We small. go to there, they're, you know, the famous people and we're the... I don't think their house would be as nice as ours though, so it wouldn't be a few spots. <laughs> it's so, so funny that um, we've talked about having them around for a barbecue. We've literally been like, oh, do you think they'd like it if like the boys cooked them some meat and we gave them some Cook them some beef cheeks. <laughs> oh my God, if this happened, if you guys can make this happen somehow... <laughs> <laughs> Get Phineas and Claudia round for a barbecue. Yeah. Billy, if she wants to come. Billy, the she might be open. out of our league. <laughs> but Phineas, you're not, so <laughs> come on round. No, but if you're like, like, Phineas is our age, Claudia's fucking cool. She's fucking cool. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, so now that you guys know they're coming around for a barbie. So basically, back to where we were at. Billie Eilish is now very fucking famous, even to the point where her brother and, I mean, her brother is famous in his own right. And yeah, so but is to the point where they're coming around to ours for a barbie. For a barbecue, like, so they must be fucking, fucking famous <laughs> if they know us. <laughs> Oh my god! But yeah, now she she has ninety four point one million followers. That's um, the most. <laughs> Showing a few Kiwi slang to get him, get him used. Barbie, cock, get your out around here. We're fucking some jangles. beef cheeks. <laughs> Salted sizzle. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Sorry, I'm going to let you get through the segment because oh. I'm really excited. But yeah, basically she's she's 19 now, five yep. years older. Who would have thought? <laughs> five years. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's followed by Kylie Jenner, who's the most famous person that follows her. Stormy. Which I think is Kylie Jenner the most followed person on Instagram. Is that like the top two? Or is it Kylie really... Yeah, one of them. Hermes. <laughs> or no, it's probably Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> is it actually? Wait, we're going to do a lot of throwing names about here. <laughs> 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 
Oh, yeah, it's Cristiano Ronaldo, who has 367 million followers. Fuck. Then Kylie Jenner, who has 282. Then it's Lionel Messi, who I hear is actually pretty Lionel clean. <laughs> oh, number one with 442 million followers. Who? Instagram's official account. Oh. Because it makes you follow it as soon as you sign up. <laughs> so basically, she's really fucking famous. Yeah. Kylie Jenner's not your now. <laughs> They're all really fucking famous, which you already know. It's not new information. We're sorry for wasting your time. All of this to say that she's famous. Oh, I hate her. Oh, so I feel like this interview series just really, as we said before, really encompasses what it is like to be a young celebrity, but one that has grown up in the age of the internet, right? Yeah. She's like, an e-girl. Everything is recorded. She yes. has grown up in front of everyone's eyes. Like, we have... She's the sort of first, I mean, that that whole generation of celebrities. Because even us, we didn't really have Instagram in high school. No. So she's a bit younger than us, five years younger. Yes. It is that age group is the first Everything's fully, recorded. Everything's recorded. Like, I was thinking about this because you may argue that before the internet we had tabloids, right? So, like... Things were shown to the public. People, I don't know who was child stars back in the day, like Drew Barrymore or whoever. Oh, yeah, like Lindsay Lohan stuff got put Yeah, through. like they got a lot. And like, but the difference is the level of intimacy that we have. shareability. And shareability. And, like, shareability. shit goes. Absolutely. Um, but between, you know, Billy and, say, your Lindsay Lohan. And regulation. Someone yes. can make anything that's fake and it can go, like, I know tabloids would always stretch the truth, but there are media laws at least. That's true, but also I've been thinking about this quite a lot. It's like Billy can actually give the truth. You know, celebrities back in the day, they didn't have that option. Well, they'd have to make a press statement. They'd have to make, yeah, they'd have to make a press statement. Which, which might have a bit more credibility, but oh. Billy can be like real quick, real authentic. Real quick, this is the thing, the, the immediacy the plus of and it. minus, eh? Absolutely. Fuck, yeah. yeah, so f- holy fuck. Like you could go on mm. about this for days. But then celebrities, if they didn't want to see it or whatever, I mean the paparazzi were fucking horrible back yeah. then, but like you don't have this attachment to your hand where you're always seeing it. Like you could go off to Bora Bora wherever they go and just like actually be Get like, the fuck no, no, away. That's so hard. So hard. It's like hard. not saying one's worse than the other, but it's very different and very viral these well, days. Well, yeah, eh? because I was also thinking though, like on the positive side of things, you know how like people like Amy Winehouse got absolutely eaten up by the media, right? Mm-hmm. Basically killed by the media yeah. in a sense. But then that's happening online too. It's happening. People are being killed by what's going on online. That's definitely true. But also I think, like, say with Billy, we know her on such a personal Mm -hmm. level that, like, I think a lot of her Stan's Stan's fans would just not stand for her to be treated that way. Like, there would be this massive outcry because we know the real person. Whereas, Mm -hmm. like, with the tabloids, we were sold this image of them. Like, my image of, like, Britney Spears back in the day, Lindsay Lohan back in the day, Paris Hilton back in the day. Like, we didn't have We that. weren't like, oh, they're people. We yeah. were like, no. Oh, whoa, they're trashy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like it humanises celebrities. Mm. And I think... But then it's like, oh, well, we feel owed this yes. real human intimacy yes. with them. So it's like, oh, my God, everything is like... If you could see us right now, we're right. doing a wave. It's, it's like, like, yeah, if you love them and you respect them and you think of them as a person, which you have the ability to do via social yes. media, then I think it's positive. But then it's the people that have all of this stuff and then they don't respect that and then they think that they're owed it. And, and then it's also like the higher you go, the further you fall. So like when you sure. know all this stuff and you think they're a person and you love them, love them, and they do something that like you don't agree with, even though, again, 
you can't possibly know, no matter how much they give you, you can't know the whole story. Yeah. Then you're like, oh my God, they used to be the shining star of my life and now they've done this one thing and I hate them. It's like on that, every time we bring up Billie Eilish, who we are obviously fans of and have been for a long time, especially her music, like the best way to get into someone is to love them for the thing they do first yes. and not not know who they are. Yes. But like as we're talking about sort of the tabloids versus the social media stuff, I did want to go into the controversies that have surrounded her, which, to be honest, are quite small ones. However, every time we mention her on, on social media or anything, people are constantly like, oh, you're going to platform this person? Like, she's horrible or she's done this or done this. And it's like, okay, I think it's time we have just a little conversation about, about what this. has actually happened because it's been blown out of proportion. Absolutely. And so while we were talking about virality, this is the byproduct of that. So earlier this year, Billy apologised for mouthing an anti-Asian slur. Now, this was after a video of her went viral on TikTok. Someone had, like, taken it, found it somewhere, edited it, and put it on TikTok, where she appears to mouth something anti-Asian, and it's actually a lyric in Tyler, the creator's 2011 song, Fish. And so, like, you think about the world we were living in in 2011. You think mm-hmm. about that really famous song by, like, Jay-Z and Kanye. And, like, you know, you think of the songs we were all singing, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. So Billy said, I am appalled and embarrassed and I want to bath that I ever mouthed along to that word. This song was the only time I'd ever heard that word as it was never used around me by anyone in my family. Like, I'm not going to say the line. You can look this up in the title of the creator song because he has been able to leave it up. He's tweeted mm-hmm. the exact lyrics. He hasn't had any consequences for this. She had a lot. Yeah, again, she, the echo chamber. Exactly. Mm-hmm. She said, regardless of my ignorance and age at the time, nothing excuses the fact that it was hurtful, and for that I am sorry. So she apologised this year. When she recorded this video, it was just like a selfie video of like something on Snapchat or whatever you do when you're younger, she was 13 or 14 in the video. Yeah. She didn't know the term. Like, it was... Well, she said, like, you know, no one was using it around her. She didn't know the term. It was a lyric in a song. She loved Tyler, the creator. And, like, again, I'm aware that this isn't my apology to accept, but there's some things that we always talk about when we talk about cancel culture and those things are always context. They're where the world was and they're intent. And they are also whether this is where your energy needs to be, mm-hmm. whether this is beneficial to the wider thing you're wanting to, like combat or help change and I'm just I this isn't my apology to accept but I'm gonna put a really good video on the show notes called Billie Eilish anti-Asian racism from an Asian person's perspective and this video is from a YouTuber called Lynn7x and she was saying like pretty much what we were saying like she actually came to Billie's defense in a really eloquent way saying very eloquent I was very impressed I was impressed as well she said we need to look at intent and we need to look at context and we need to look at who wrote the song and look at it rationally and I think that's a really big thing is like she was a 14 year old who wasn't famous at the time, she said she didn't know the word. And, like, whether that's true, whether that's not true, doesn't really, you know, like, add to the conversation. I just think, like, always think back and think, what were you doing at 14? Egg- like, what? where was your brain at at 14? I know that 14-year-olds these days, they have a lot more resources and yes. things. But even then, your brain's just underdeveloped. You can't actually comprehend a lot of what you say, what you do. And when you're singing a song that's a silly video and, like, unfortunately, you're growing up in a world where everything's recorded, time-stamped, and put on the fucking internet. 
And so, like, she she also, this YouTuber spoke about how we're so often putting our energy into people that have slipped up or, like, done something quite small when really, and she's talking from the sense of anti-Asian racism, which, again, in 2020, we saw such a fucking rise in hate crimes against Asian people, especially in America. And she was like, we're putting our energy in the wrong place here. Like, there are super fucking bad and super dangerous things happening. And this is a big conversation that I always think about that I won't go into here on this podcast right now, but it's about, like, the left fighting the left, mm. which then just makes everything, like, di- like it's a waste of time because the left, you know, if you are wanting to be really cr- progressive and make change, fighting amongst yourselves on these, like, small things isn't helping you, like, you know, go after the fucking racist Republicans or the people trying to, and like, so make like the people blatantly illegal. doing these things. I think in the in the video, yes. she was talking about how, you know, if, she, if Billy was bigoted, she would be out there saying... She has a platform to yeah, be that way. Yeah, she would be expressively bigoted. Exactly. And, and, like, and that doesn't mean that... Yeah, and also she said this about, you know, microaggressions that have... Yes. Um, filtered through kind of every element of our society and we do really need to see like where things come from, what we should keep, what we absolutely shouldn't keep just because it's always been a thing. But like this this happened, what, five years ago, Mm. you know, hopefully that has been totally phased out of Billy's life already, you know. It's all about putting your energy in the right places and just looking at those, like, intent and context intent. and time and, like... And education and giving people grace yes. to improve because this was a long time ago. And, and like, that's the thing that I hate so much about cancel culture because it's, like, isn't the overall outcome that we all want a better and more fair and more equal society? But for situations especially like this, again, I, should, I don't want to have to caveat, but I, I will, that, like some people commit actual crimes, that's a different thing to the cancelling I'm talking about of Billie Eilish. But don't we want to see people grow and change? And just by cutting them down and, like, saying you're not allowed to have a platform anymore, we're never going to see any change and we're never going to learn how to change. I think it's that whole thing um, that Patricia Lockwood talks about in her book. um, No one is talking about this. No one is talking about this, how when you're scrolling through, everything seems to have the same value. So it's like you see Black Lives Matter protests and then the next, you know, um, square on your screen is Billie Eilish saying... You know, yeah. something. You'll see, like, your friend's wedding, a dog, Black Lives Matter, Billie Eilish saying something, and, like, an influencer selling you skinny tea, and you give them the same amount of weight, the same amount of time, and it's all just flattened, right? Exactly. So you don't want to... We don't want to give Billie Eilish the same sort of level of intensity that we would to someone who's fucking committed an actual crime. It's not the same thing just because you see it on the same feed. Yeah, and that's what's so dangerous about social media and honestly so dangerous about cancel culture. And, like, it really is going to lead to, like, no growth and no change mm, if we we're just gonna try stunt to cut ourselves. everyone down, down and choose to get angry about the things that aren't actually going to help, you know, the bigger picture. And, yeah, and just fucking look at context. I can't, I can't like, stress enough, like, intent and context, intent and context. Now, Billy, again, I shouldn't even have to mention this because it's not even about her, but she's dating a 29-year-old guy called Matthew Taylor Voss, who, too, has done some things that are on the internet, and he's had to apologise for some things 
that are on the internet. Again, this isn't actually on Billy. Like, she's not responsible for this grown-ass man. Um, but basically fans of Billie Eilish, I mean, this is kind of as well the parasocial relationship thing and, and feeling like you're owed everything, but fans found tweets and Facebook posts where he had, like, allegedly used racist and quite homophobic language, So, which obviously we do not condone, but At he's all. come out and apologised for that, and that's another thing that people will often use against Billie who, like you said, is, is 19 at this point. And would this have been before that before even they were dating. Met? Before they were dating. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of a similar scenario, right? It's like context, intent. Like, you shouldn't really have been saying that shit, but if, I don't know. Like, and there's also a difference between being protective of someone that you like, that you're a fan of, right, and you think, oh, he's not good enough for her or whatever. But it's people, like, being like, why haven't we cancelled Billy yet because she's dating this guy? And it's like... Give people leeway. People need to figure out their relationships on their own. Like, it would be totally different if he m- murdered someone. Or like, oh, do you know yeah. what I if mean? He committed like, a crime, yeah. There's she's levels. She's so young. I think we just need to remember she's so young. So and just, young. Everyone, look at yourself when you were that age and think, if I were to become famous and everyone were to see my Snapchat history, would I want people to give me a bit of grace? Who was I dating when I was 19? What was I saying? What songs were I, was I singing? Like, what were my opinions, which would probably totally just warped mm-hmm. and just yeah I just think that is we wanted to obviously bring up that about Billy but also give you the context around it and show you like what um I don't know the way that we think about cancel culture especially as people with a platform that would love to see like conversation and growth and like if we mess up we you guys are so wonderful you give us the ability to like in real time apologize and be better and like that's what we love but as long as we're sort of extending that to people that do deserve it I mean again, and they are humans nice. and they are yeah they are humans these people so that is a little For sure no controversy chat <laughs> so as we said you know you change a lot as you grow up, yep. your opinions change. Yep. The way you view the word changes. Also, how you look changes, which we see in Billy. We've got her blue hair phase and her green hair phase. And now, you know, she's more that old Hollywood style, um, which is all and amazing. And now she's just dyed her hair dark brown. Yes, dark brown. She has. She absolutely has. Um, but I think what um, is really interesting, as we sort of touched on before, is that, you know, she's watching herself back and she is just cringing or like you know being heavily critical on everything she's said in the past because obviously her answers have changed sometimes drastically sometimes not throughout the interview and Lucy and I were you know thinking like Billy you don't need to justify you know you were thinking yeah and like you do everything some things like granted it will be honest you being like that girl was insecure, like, I was definitely not feeling like that. But, like, sometimes you were, bestie, and yeah. you are allowed <laughs> absolutely to fine. have felt like that. And that, when me and you were discussing this, live, and we were like, maybe they should cap it after five years, it was because, like, you don't want to just force someone to, like, sort of regret every single thing they say and feel like they have to constantly be growing or changing when it's, like, actually... Everything you've said is valid, whether you think the same now yes. or before. Yeah, because it was valid for you at that. And and from, we forget things so fast. Um, I think, you know, when you look back in time, everything's very – you can see the phases for yes. they were. But at the time, everything's so sprawled, everything's yeah. so confusing. You don't have that clarity of hindsight, yes. which is a beautiful thing, which we always discuss. 
But yeah, I think it's one of the most relatable things within. That's why she's so the, brave. That's why she's so brave. And she is so generous with the amount of information that she gives the public. And she is, I think, what's so beautiful about her, but why she's been so successful as an artist is because although her identity has, you know, changed here and there she's actually got a very strong sense of self Mm -hmm. and she's very candid Mm -hmm. and she just is her Mm -hmm. like I think if I were that age I there's no way that I would have been like as sure of myself hell no as no and I think that's just what is so beautiful about her is she's always not really given a fuck about what she should be like or whatever. And, you know, sometimes she repels against what she yes. thinks she should be like because that's As what teenagers would. do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I agree. I just think, like, she's – yeah, I, I love what you said about how she's been so generous with herself. So and, generous. And with, like, letting us know why she does everything she does and making a statement about it. Like, she doesn't have to do that. She doesn't and have she to do does that. she does it for the rest of the people growing up in the limelight. And, you know, she's like – she, she does. Yeah. And I, I sometimes I worry, and I did worry back in, you know, 2018 when she was going through that phase of posting everything online. Do you remember she'd, like, yeah. when we first started following yeah. her and she would sort of get very And intimate. it's like young people do a TikTok. Yes, and that's what you do when you're that age. You yes. don't realise the consequences. There's no way she could have fathomed the reach of, you know, mm-hmm. what she was putting out. But that is one thing, because like, she still is only 19. Mm. I don't think she's yet out of that phase where she will be able to realise how much of her life she has shared, how mm-hmm. much of an insight she's willingly given, which is beautiful. But is that, not that it could come back to butter in the ass, but like I think people having these such huge platforms at such a young age um, is potentially dangerous but I oh, think yeah well yeah I think uh, but I almost think she well she's pulled back a bit uh, like quite a lot yes and she, she seems has. to be quite before her time because she's been forced to be like grow up so fast she is, yes she still is so young and but I agree like the fact that you know she's not trying to be this huge TikTok star she's not writing her songs for TikTok she's not like trying to keep up with those social media trends and she's actually reverted back to sort of old Hollywood old school. vibes mm-hmm. like I'm feeling like you're right and but you being worried I think like she's also on top of it on almost. top of it and maybe mm. because of her family this is what I wanted to talk about as well because We've seen someone who could have potentially gone fucking downhill. Like like all child stars. Like all child stars, you see the unfathomable amount of pressure that they have on them when they have their brains aren't even developed to yes. understand that. They're still fucking children. Yeah. And you can see that so blatantly. I think it is the second year of her interview when she's quite like down depressed. Very depressed, yeah. She's it was I remember when that came out and I was so sad I know. because I was like she was so cute and like you know, know. it hadn't really touched her that much yet when she first did that first interview and then and she kind of yeah. comes back, right, her the next year. Has, what, in 2020, didn't she say yeah. nothing will match that ego? Or was it 2019? 2019, 2019, the 2019 ego. And that is so funny because at the time she said, I'm the most confident I've ever been. And then she looks back and she says, that's ego. Like mm. I, you know, was yeah. forming. Because obviously she yeah. was blowing up. She yeah. was feeling good. She said that it was the first time she'd not felt like shit in ages mm. and she wanted everyone to know it. Fair enough. That's what you do when you're young. You yeah. ride the highs and lows. 
But yeah, it's really interesting how much she's had to adapt. And I think it's shown the incredible human ability to adapt to the strangest circumstances. We're not meant to live. Like with your family's help? Like yeah. you know, her family have guided her. And this is the uh, what, this. Uh, yeah, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, this doesn't happen to many people. And I feel like people either handle it or they don't. And I think the one factor that you know, makes that happen is whether they've got family love and support, pure family love and support, or whether they've got no one to fall back on. And I think... Except for a manager. Except for a manager or people taking advantage of them, trying to make money off them. It's kind of like Taylor Swift, how her parents have been really involved. And so she's always had someone to like, or people to look to, Mm -hmm. and they weren't just trying to capitalise off of her. For sure, you've got that pure love in your life. And anything else? I think when I watched the documentary, The World's a Little Blurry, Mm. which came out earlier this year, Such a good doco. Such a good doco. You see that she is blatantly just a teenager. Yeah. She's a sulky teenager like we all were. She's bratty, but fucking... But, like, her family are there through it because she's a teenager and that's who's meant to deal with your braininess. Yes, and Phineas deals with it and then her mum and dad. Yeah, and her mum is a fucking saint. And her dad's so cute. So lovely. That one scene where she's going driving in the car and he has this big monologue, like, about what, but it's just so cute. I know, and the fact that they still live in their, you know... I know. ...amazing little house where they grew up. It's really, I think, showing the world, that backbone, yeah. just there's nothing that can match it. And some people aren't lucky enough to have that. And, and some it's people like aren't. not even their fault No, it's at not their all. fault at all. She, Billy is very lucky, and I think that that's why we've seen this evolution of the five years and she's come out the other end and she's this wonderful, quite grown-up woman. woman. Like, yeah. And she's really articulate and she knows what she wants and she knows what she doesn't want. And we've seen this arc of her, yeah, maybe she's stumbled, you know, in but the her process. Family or her mum at least is like But they've pulled the her through the other side and I feel like you either make it or you don't. Yeah. And she is seeming too. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, th- I think, yeah, I agree. When, it, when she brings her mum in at the end of the interview each time, so it's cute. just so cute. And me and Liv, we're actually talking again. We do discuss these pods before we come on because we want to have good chats with you. And we were talking about how, you know, she had that deadbeat boyfriend yes. um, while she was in the world's a little blurry. Yes. And we were like, at the start, your gut instinct is to think, well, why did her parents let her do that? And blah, 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 blah. And it's like, because your girl is a teenager, and if your parents say, don't date this guy, you're going to go hard You're going to sneak guy. out and date the guy. And bless them, they all just let her do her thing because that's what needed to happen. And then let her know, like, let her figure out that he wasn't for her and then let her write a really good album about it yeah. afterwards. And I just thought that is, like, great parenting. Imagine navigating the parenting role in that situation. Like... It's not like you've done that before. It's not like no. you have friends that have no. done that before. Like, how what the fuck do you go to? Right? How do they know what to do? My how do they know what to do princess, with her money? Princess bitch face syndrome. <laughs> my mum read to deal with me. Didn't you find that in her bedroom or yeah, something? Yeah, I did. Sorry, mum. But I saw it in your bookshelf and I thought, well, you've got three boys and one girl, so I wonder who you are reading, like, to help. Princess I was a princess face. bitch face. But you know, still am probably when you've I'm been at pulled home. out the other side because of that love and support because your mum yeah. read the book. True. She knew what to do. True. <laughs> or maybe she just thought too fucking hard. Too fucking like, hard. I will let her run her Who mouth and be is a bitch. this little devil in so my house. So I am like Billie Eilish in a way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> this is the whole point. Lucy's like Billie Eilish. Phineas and Claudia are coming around for a barbecue, and True. they're really fucking famous. So, Liv, I have one more question for you. Yes. What is on your radar? Uh, what is on my radar is licorice pizza. 
Have you heard of this? What do fuck? <laughs> it's a movie. Oh. And it's Sounds yum. got the girl from Haim in it. Oh. She's the main character. Oh, my God. I think it's like a coming of age. Paul Thomas Anderson wow. has directed it. It looks really good. Oh, okay. That's really cool. Yeah, it came out on November the 26th. So, so it should be um, out. Yeah, so it should be out somewhere. So I might have a wee search on the. St- we might be able to go to the movies services. one day, one day soon. Hopefully, yes. I really want to see on my radar is House of Gucci because House we always Gucci. talk about it. Oh yeah, we've read lots of things about it. There's so many it. articles about it everywhere. Ainer, so we need to go and see it on my radar is also and this like isn't sponsored. They just happen to be on Neon and they just happen to be me regurgitating them again. I just saw today the new episodes of Pen15 like just got dropped and it's the last that they're going to make. I just read that they're forever. Yeah. I guess because their acting as high schoolers and they now have kids. So it's like how long can you be acting as high schoolers? Surely the older you get the funnier it is. Well yeah true. And then on the 15th the Sex Lives of College Girls which I've also talked about is dropping so I'm just like Honestly, holding oh, out until there's going to be some fucking out. good viewing going on, isn't there? Oh, look, Christmas time just couldn't come soon. It's enough. delivering oh, the goods. Yes, yes, yes. So, last of all, we obviously have to say a huge thank you to our sweaty producer T.I. Butler from the Spinoff Podcast Network. Oh, did you hear my vocal hemorrhage there? Or was that? Yeah, just we've gone full that? circle. Vocal full hemorrhage. And uh, we also have to say thank you to Neon. And we also have to say, please go and fill out our survey and be really nice. Please do. It would mean the world. And yeah, thank you, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.